Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me in the show is Megan from Action Fitness Community in Sacramento, California. Welcome to the show, Megan. How are you doing today? Hi, thanks. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I am great. Thank you for asking. You know, Megan, I am extremely excited to have you on the podcast today to learn more about what you have going on at the facility. But before we dive into the business side of things, you know, you've been in this industry for about 10 years now. So, you know, when you first opened your facility, you know, 10 years ago, what was the vision you had in mind for it long term? Yeah. um, So my goal initially was probably to expand and kind of have more of a uh, traditional gym setting where people would be able to come and work out on their own, as well as offering somewhat more of the traditional uh, group classes. I say that we do more group training than um, group classes because I do feel like there's a little bit of a, a difference. I myself started out as a fitness trainer and then kind of started doing small group training. And so it's less everybody kind of doing the same choreographed move with the instructor at the front and more kind of what you would imagine um, if you have a what a personal training session and then you kind of add some friends to it. So we do more kind of different stations. Um, and also there's more personalization where you might not be doing the same thing as a person next to you dependent on their goals and, and specific uh, limitations as well. Uh, fast forward, I've found that um, the type of clientele that I match best with are really more folks that appreciate having that community and that trainer-led workout. And so we haven't had as much of a need for people to come in on their own in that traditional gym setting and really mm-hmm. kept it more of a community and activity partner-based uh, type of training. Awesome. So, you know, group personal training mm-hmm. with, it sounds like your main demographic here is basically anyone who wants to get healthy. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. We focus on health and body longevity. Awesome. Cool. So, you know, with that being said, you know, how many people are you currently serving at your facility at this moment in time? We're a relatively small facility. Uh, We have about a thousand square feet of space and our max is about six people um, at a time. And then we also do private training as well. So I would say we probably see anywhere from about 30 to 40 people a week and we would be full at about 50 or 60. Okay. Awesome. So you know, right now you're at about, you know, 30 or 40. So you do want to get to that 50, 60 mark. So what have you done so far to get those people into your facility? <laughs> you know, not, not a whole lot, to be honest. You know, uh, I actually just moved locations. I was lucky enough to be able to move just to the other side of the block. But when COVID hit, you know, that was a real rough time for gyms everywhere, but especially small studios like mine because of the requirements of being outside and also being able to keep a safe distance. Uh, we were lucky enough to um, secure a space that offered some outside um, options as well. And so since we've moved to our new location, uh, mm-hmm. we had a lot of folks that came with us over, which of course we were lucky to have and have still really been working on getting things exactly where I want them before we want to have like a huge grand opening and such, although we have been here for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the past, we were really heavy on going to like health fairs and different community events where we can do tabling. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also done a lot of different cross-marketing stuff with other small businesses. So they might be raffles that go back and forth between both of our clients, or like I said, being able to have like a booth, um, at their business or allowing them to have one at ours as well. And then, um, this is relatively new, but the idea of social media marketing and the SEOs and really taking it away from what used to be getting people, sending people mailers and having them call in or doing door hangers and now switching to finding different ways to come up online more often and really fostering um, getting the message out through different social media platforms. Yeah. So stepping away from the old school, you know, guerrilla marketing with the mailers mm-hmm. and the business cards, which, you know, they don't really work nowadays more. You know? right. and, Absolutely. And I'm glad that you realize that social media marketing is, you know, the main way because, you know, the way our world is going right now, everything is on our phones, computers, it's all technology. So, you know, with your social media, is that on Facebook? Is that on Instagram? What does that look like? So we primarily focus on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I know that like the Pinterest and the Snapchat and the TikTok and Twitter 
are also uh, other really important factors. But what I've found and from the limited research I've done on social media marketing, it's better to kind of hone in to a few as opposed to spreading yourself too thin. Um, when social media first kind of made its emergence as a tool for small businesses, it was amazing. Uh, but since then, we have whole degrees and ginormous marketing budgets that are specifically to folks that aren't just a small business owner on social media, but their only business is figuring out how to have best practices and marketing um, online and on social media platforms, which really makes it harder for us little guys that, that don't have the budget or that career uh, knowledge to, to compete with. Mm -hmm. um, but we mainly focus on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. So with, you know, those socials, is it mainly organic content or do you also, you know, dabble into the paid advertising side of social media? We dabble in the paid advertising, um, but we mainly use it as a way to keep in contact with our current clientele um, and like the people that are within our, our circle and our following. But we do do a little bit of paid advertisement here and there. Okay. So I kind of want to, you know, go into the organic side here. You know, how many people do you think that normally brings in a month or do you only use that to nurture your current clientele? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I have a consistent number of monthly clientele that we get from social media. Um, but I will say that we do probably uh, get in front of and have impressions and, you know, multiple thousands every month, which I think is, is good for us. And a lot of times uh, what I found in the past and present days, when someone comes into my studio, they see me multiple different places. Mm -hmm. So they've heard of me through a friend or a family member that they know they, that has worked out. And they've also drive, driven by and seen the sign. And then they've also seen us somewhere on social media. And so I found that our biggest success is really having those multiple uh, impressions as opposed to one in particular. Yeah, that actually reminds me of a saying, you know, from someone that I know, he says, you know, because he's a Instagram marketer, he says, you need to exist so hard that the first thing that person thinks of when they wake up is you. So I love that you understand that you need to, you know, consistently be showing yourself to them. So I kind of want to go into the paid advertising side here. You know, you said you dabbled into it. So what does that process look like for you? What do you do in terms of, you know, paid advertising? Is it to get new clients or is it only to nurture current clients? With brand um, the, the marketing aspect of it is definitely to increase our client base. Um, although I do feel like nurturing current clients does uh, build into that in terms of them being happy, staying longer, inviting people, but mm -hmm. also us showing up. They're more likely to share our stuff, like our stuff, comment on our stuff, then of course works well. Uh, with the algorithm. Mainly what we've done, we have done a couple of small promotions that are just geared at people like calling or liking our page or getting in front of them. Um, but mainly what we do is when we have specific events, we do a lot of free community events like um, next Saturday, we have a registered dietitian coming in who's going to be doing a talk on uh, balanced nutrition. And that's something that's free to folks here in the studio, but also virtually. And so we use our paid marketing to promote our different uh, events like that, which hopefully helps people become more exposed to our studio and our specific niche of fitness training. Okay. So for the listeners, you know, cause there's two ways of using paid advertising on Facebook and Instagram. Do you use the boost button or do you actually go into the ads manager and build out full campaigns for your advertising campaigns? Um, in the past, we've used the ad campaign manager, but as of late, we've gotten more into just boosting specific posts. Okay. So, so what has, you know, taken you away from utilizing the ad manager opposed, you know, compared to the boat, like the boosting button? Um, I think convenience probably more than, than anything. It's just a lot easier and a lot less investment of time to, to boost an individual post. Okay. Okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, have you noticed any kinds of performance differences between the two or are they relatively the same? I feel like for the most part, it's relatively equal. Um, although I haven't really put as much time as I would probably recommend into mm -hmm. studying the different uh, options and really running something consistently enough mm -hmm. for it to generate um, something that I feel like would be a reliable outcome. Okay, so you know, for the gym owners here that want to get into paid advertising, did you handle that in-house or was that more of a extension to a you know, third-party agency? Yeah, no, we do pretty much everything for our marketing in-house. Okay, awesome. So, you know, let's just say someone new comes to the door or they see on your socials. What does the process look like to 
go from cold lead, you know, new person to new member of the, you know, fitness community. Sure. Well, I think the first thing that we do is a goal assessment that really can be done um, either online or on the phone to, to figure out what uh, they're looking for, what brought them to, to calling us or reaching out to us that day. Um, we try to offer kind of a, a special attention to being a place where folks can really have an inclusive space to exercise. So we get people who have a lot of anxiety around workout. We get people who maybe are recovering from eating disorders or uh, body dysmorphia. And so I think one of the first kind of conversations we have is what is it that you're looking for? And is there anything that we need to be sure that we're making special accommodations for when you come into the studio? Um, standard, what we do is have somebody come in and do somewhat of kind of like a goal assessment um, to set a baseline for where they are and where they're looking to go. Um, as an alternative, if someone's like, I like working out, I love working out, just looking for a new place to work out, then their other uh, option would be to just come in for a free class, uh, first and foremost, and see if they like the, the run of the studio um, and our approach to fitness as well. Okay, from so it sounds like, continue, what was that? So from there, typically what we do is we have a, an info sheet that lays out what their goals are and then gives them three options that they could work towards their goals at the studio. Um, and typically it's like, you know, a high, medium uh, and low in terms of pricing option. Yep. And that depends on how many days a week they'd be coming in and the specific type of training they do. Obviously, uh, private training is more expensive than group training. Uh, right now, we just kind of do the two, although we do have some like special smaller group options, but typically it's either a, a group of a max of six or private training. Um, and that a lot of times what we do is build folks it, who are doing private training into eventually being able to join the small group mm -hmm. uh, classes because that typically is more affordable for them long-term and is a higher uh, turnaround in terms of what we make per hour here at the studio as well. 100%. Yeah, I love how you just mentioned that, you know, you really try to get those PT clients into the group because not only does it benefit the, you know, the member in terms of finances and being able to afford it, especially in this market nowadays in the economy, but it also helps the business in terms of getting more people in the door and having to spend more money, right? And, and building that retention there that you really need, you know, month after month. So I'm curious in terms of that whole process that you mentioned to me, who handles that? Is that you? Is it somebody else in the facility as like a staff? What does that look like? Yeah, um, I do most things around here. <laughs> okay. uh, although that has kind of changed here and there over the years. We do have sub instructors that come in. Um, the way that we write our programs is on a three-month uh, schedule or three-month periodization. Mm -hmm. And the workouts get more challenging as the month continues or as the three months continue. Um, so we do two weeks of strength training. We do one week of um, cardio and core and then one week of recovery and mobility training. And then we start over again with that same phase of training, but now a little more difficult than the first time that they did it. So um, all of our workouts are pre-written and then we have sub-instructors that come in um, when I'm out of town or, or you know, can't make it for, for one reason or another. And then for the most part, I handle all of the administrative and uh, marketing side of it. Okay. So with those trainers, are they more of W2, you know, trainers or more of 1099 contractors? And this is for the listeners who are maybe thinking about, you know, bringing in trainers because their, you know, clientele is too much for them or they just want to bring someone so they can delegate. Yeah. Everybody right now is an independent contractor. Um, although we have had employees in the past, um, mm -hmm. I've tried several different, different, uh, options with employees and, um, we, I, the challenge that we've had is first of all, people don't typically like a lot of turnaround in trainers. Like most people want to get comfortable with somebody and stick with them. Yeah. And also it is nice for that trainer to know the specific modifications um, that are needed for those specific clients. And so typically in the, in the fitness industry, it's a very like low base plus commission. You start part-time and then you build your clientele. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like as we are, getting more, um, I'm looking for a better word than ethical, but I do feel like that can be somewhat of a predatory industry, especially for new trainers coming in and investing time and investing money, having to get certifications and stuff, and then not being able to make a ton, unless you're a person who's looking to have a small business of your own within, within a gym, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of the option. So 
So, um, and then of course there's a schedule, right? Most of us either are early in the morning or late in the evening. And when you're a new trainer, a lot of times you split and that can make it really hard to have kind of a healthy balanced work-life flow when you have to work in the morning and in the evening too. Mm -hmm. So right now we have independent contractors who have other things that they do, either things outside of training or their own training um, business somewhere else. And then they just kind of come in periodically. And I think if I was going to hire somebody regularly again, I would wait to the point to where I could hire a full-time person with, with full-time pay and benefits and then be able to move forward um, from there. Okay. So I'm curious here. Since you just mentioned that, when do you think you'd be able to, you know, hire a you know, full-time employee to be there, you know, when you're not there? That is a great question. So I think for me, um, and the way that my bottle, business model is set up is I have to get a set of classes running and completely full and then be able to pass that off to somebody else and then be able to do that same thing somewhere else. Because I obviously either have to be making essentially double so I can pay somebody else a, a livable wage and keep mine yeah. as well or have an alternate uh, source of income. So the virtual classes, I think, really are where we are allowed to have uh, much less of a cap. So there's a lot of room for growth within our virtual classes. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, so I've just had my own studio for a little over 10 years now, but I've been in the fitness industry itself for getting real close to 20 years now, which is kind of crazy to say out loud. Yeah. And I'm very protective of my own peace and my own um, healthy work-life balance. So I don't do split shifts anymore. I don't do 12-hour training days anymore. Yeah, it's not healthy mentally or physically. <laughs> and it's not sustainable, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, I laugh now. And when I was much younger, it didn't, didn't feel uh, as, as hard. But I'm not the same trainer at session one as I am at session eight, right, of the mm. day. And so I really want to be sure that what I'm building right now is sustainable for me and then be able to pull in help and then be able to start something else that's sustainable for me to build off of. Um, so right now we're mainly just doing early morning training. And then after those classes completely full, I would be able to hire somebody and then start on um, filling up our evening schedule. And I'm really uh, thankful and appreciative to be able to have the privilege to, to do that as opposed to having to kill myself every day in the morning and the evening just to, to make it. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, uh, Megan, it does look like we are running short on time here. So I do have, you know, two last questions for you. The first one is, you know, when you first got into this industry, what is that one piece of advice that you wish you had? Ooh, I feel like I wish you would have asked me this earlier so I could have thought about it. There's so many pieces of advice. Um, I think just what we were talking about before, the one piece of advice I wish that I had was the idea of prioritizing um, my own health and what's realistic for me and what's going to have me give the highest quality of training as opposed to trying to fit in for everybody and accommodate everybody who might want to, to train with me. Um, I think that you grow faster and you grow uh, at a better quality, even if it doesn't feel like that, if you really do prioritize uh, yourself within your fitness business. Yeah. And, you know, to piggyback what you just said there, you know, from my experience with that, you know, instead of trying to work 12, 16 hours, try to work your hardest in the hours that you have. So in those eight That's hours right. of your day or maybe 10 do as much as you possibly can so you don't have to work the 12 to 16 and just mm -hmm. not be focused during those remaining hours, right? So yeah. with all that being said, you know, last question here, with your gym business, what are your short-term, so three to six months and long-term five to 10-year goals? Okay. Um, so my short-term goal is to get um, our in-person slots full in these next three to, to six months uh, in studio. And then that also comes along with, with finishing putting our new studio together. Uh, I was like, oh, in a month, I'm going to have everything set up. No, it takes quite a bit longer to, to get everything to get a new studio uh, where you want it to be. Uh, in my five to 10-year goals, I would really like to uh, have built a full studio uh, morning and evening, as well as having those com community components that allow people to take advantage of it, regardless of where they are or what they can afford, um, and really build a template that folks that are looking to get into um, the kind of body positive, uh, health-focused fitness training can, can multiply from or build that's, off of. That's awesome, Megan. I love those goals. Thank you for sharing those. And so, you know, what are some good social medias that you have so the listeners can find you? 
So your uh, Facebook, Instagram, website, what does that look like? So we're Action Fitness Community Everywhere. It's our Instagram, uh, it's our Facebook, and then it's also our website. And it's also our Gmail as well, just Action Fitness Community at Gmail. Um, and that's the, the best way to get in contact or take a look at what we're doing. Awesome, Megan. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to thank you again for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your story and your insights of this industry. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate, as well, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us, talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Kristen from Renaissance Fitness and Cycle in Newport, Rhode Island. Welcome to the show, Miss Kristen. How are you today? I'm great, Brooke. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm good. Excited at the opportunity to have you here. Um, thank you for taking some time out of the busy day of being a business owner to sit down and have this conversation with me. Before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on, give us a little bit of background. What was it that led to you, um, you know, getting started becoming a gym owner? Well, I was a personal trainer in the gym that I bought. Um, and the owner came up to me and asked me if I wanted to purchase it and without hesitation said yes. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't even think, I didn't even think twice because I knew I could do it. I love that. Now, had you ever thought of like owning a gym yes. for that oh, or? Oh yes. I always wanted to. Okay. So it was like the perfect opportunity and like opportunities like that. I feel like don't just come knocking like that. <laughs> so it just made sense to say, yes, that's so neat. Um, okay. So Renaissance Fitness and Cycle, give us your elevator pitch, Kristen. Who are you? What <laughs> services do you guys provide? Paint a picture for me here. Okay, well, I am a personal trainer from 2001, so I've been been around for a little while. Um, our motto at Renaissance Fitness is, it's not fitness, it's life, and we do 30-minute group, not group, 30-minute personal training sessions, um, so you're in and out in no time. You can use the cardio machines while you're waiting, or you can use it after. We also have um, infrared sauna, uh, spin bikes, stuff like that. And we're pretty busy. Yeah, a little bit of everything going on there. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, okay, so that's what would you say is your bread and butter? Would you say that the bread and butter service that you guys provide is the personal training? Is that like where the majority of your revenue is coming from? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. How many trainers do you guys have? We have five. Uh, one is a physical therapist and she does, she specializes in Parkinson's patients. So we love that. It's great. Um, two are business owners, myself and Jen, and we have Stephanie and Jay. Okay. So Stephanie and Jay, are they part-time trainers full are any of you guys full-time or how does that work um the both of the owners me and Jen we are full-time of course <laughs> we have, have to work all the time and Jay it, Jay's pretty busy he's like a three-quarter and the other part-time yeah okay sweet um, um so my next question here is, you know, with between the five of you guys, how many clients total do you have right now in the facility? Um, we have a, about a hundred members. Okay. Yeah. Is a hundred members a spot where you're feeling pretty good, pretty comfortable, or are you guys in a position where you would like to amplify and grow that? Oh, I would love to grow it. I currently, uh, 
I would say two of our trainers could use a little bit more clients. Um, I'm good right now. And um, I would like to hire one more trainer. So if anyone out there is looking for a job, you can make some <laughs> great money here. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like everybody is in that position right now. If we are, if we own a fitness business, most of us are still looking for help post pandemic. Um, <laughs> so, alrighty. So since you are in a position where ideally you guys would like to grow and, I, and we talked about this a little bit off air, but you know, you have the desire to really grow that group fitness side of things in the facility. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you guys are doing to get people back in the front door um, you know, to the, to the gym? Well, I noticed I wasn't doing enough Instagram, Facebook, none of that. So I decided that, uh, actually when I heard from you, I really put my mind to it and I'm going to, you know, do a little bit more marketing online. Um, other than that, I, I, I think I want to get more involved in the community with helping okay. the needy and stuff like that. So we're doing a fundraiser right now, uh, gathering up some gift cards, food, food cards, maybe some toys for tots and some canned goods. Um, okay. We're doing a free program. It's called Refrain from the Holiday Game. And all you got to do is weigh in and try not to gain more than two pounds and you weigh out in the new year. So it's a, it's cool. It keeps you on track. Okay. That's really cool. Um, I love all of those, those pieces, of course, you know, the fundraisers in your community, um, those are always great because they generate word of mouth. Can we predict the growth that we're going to get from that? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but word of mouth is something that we always want to make sure that we have. So that community involvement definitely helps with that. Um, but you also mentioned something there that I guess we made you realize by giving you a call um, that you really want to amplify your online presence a little bit. So yes. talk to us about what it currently looks like, you know, for you with your online presence and some of the things that you would like to do to improve that. Well, I don't do videos, so... I'm, I will make a video, a 30 minute workout video and post it to my YouTube page, but who really sees it? Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I would like to maybe do little, I don't know, 30 second videos. I'm not even quite sure how long you make them for on Instagram and stuff like that, but or maybe a little information about different muscles and what they do and just to intrigue people's minds. Yeah. Right, now, right now, I might just say, hey, we have spin at eight on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. You so know. It's, right now, it's kind of like when you have time or when you think of it, you post something. Exactly. And that's what how a lot of us start out is like, and you know, why would we be a Facebook expert or an Instagram expert and know what to post, when to post, how to post it? Um, it's just, it's hard to figure out. We're fitness people. We're definitely not tech people or advertising people. Um, so, you know, something that I've seen really beneficial, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but um, I've used Facebook ad campaigns before. Um, and those are basically like targeted so that people in my community who might not already be following me, I can target them so that they can see my ad. Um, and I'll have some sort of call to action in there to get them to click on the ad, fill out the form and come into the gym. Is that something that you've ever thought about trying or have tried before? I have not tried it. And I, cause I didn't really know how well it was received mm -hmm. is your opinion. I mean, I think they're, they're amazing in 2022, like everybody is online so if we can reach the people in our community who don't even know that we exist by right. targeting them, it's amazing. Um, and I, I genuinely believe that the people who need us the most or the people that can benefit the most from our services are the people who aren't typing into Google like cycling class near me or personal trainer near me. It's the people who just stumble across us. They come in and we literally change their life. So a great way for us to have people stumble across us is by utilizing social media. Um, so definitely something to kind of think about a little bit. Um, 
But I want to ask you, you know, your perspective here, because I think there's just as much value in us talking about the things that we've done that have worked as there is for us to talk about like the things that have been challenging, because right. that's easy for people to relate. So for you, Kristen, what would you consider to be your biggest business related challenge or bottleneck? Um, and what are you and Jen going to do to work on overcoming that? Ha <laughs> what a question, Brooke. <laughs> 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 it's a loaded one it is a loaded one but I know that there's so many people that can relate uh you know there's thousands of gym owners out there and there's somebody that's dealing with the same thing that you are that's listening to this show well I know as as fitness people we're not really in it for the money uh, we do it for to help everyone and I mean I'm a I'm a huge people person so I I think that's why I have so many clients because I just, I, I know how to keep them. They're like my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but my, the, our, my biggest challenge, I would say, is, you know, that, like trying to actually keep money in your bank account, you know, at the gym, you know, like, how do you really get that bank account to see some revenue and um, maybe buy some new equipment or, you know, keep people interested in, in fun ways, not just getting to the gym every day and working out with your trainer. Yep. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good one for us to discuss too, because I think that that that's something that's very, very relatable. The overhead cost for running a fitness business is super high. And so, yeah, we might have, you know, a hundred clients right now, but the cost associated with paying our trainers, paying our overhead, like we're not profiting that much from that. Um, So a a lot of people are really looking at ways to add additional streams of of revenue to their business or increase revenue. So for you guys, what are some of those things that you're looking to do to increase revenue in the business? Well, we, we have um, individual training rooms. Now we moved our location in um, May 2021 from a main street in Newport to a kind of, you know, <laughs> a little bit private area in, in Newport, which is mm-hmm. It's still great. Uh, we have lots of parking, um, but we're not on the main drag anymore. So then now people don't really see us. So that again, now we have to find more ways to get the clients. But so we have like four individual training rooms plus the big gym itself. And in one of the training rooms, there's our infrared sauna, which I love that. It's so, it's so great. You, you, it reduces inflammation, burns extra calories, and it's just relaxing. And I just would love for people to utilize that more. I mean, Mm -hmm. I offer great deals on it and I just, I don't think people think of the gym as going to the sauna. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's definitely a pretty good area of opportunity, especially like with your current clients. If you were to push that out to them, like, hey, we have this, you guys should utilize it. And there's some sort of surcharge or upcharge for them to use it. That's a pretty good area of opportunity. Um, do you guys currently offer any sort of like nutrition or, or anything like that as an add-on? Um, we did have a nutritionist um, and she she left the building. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. so now, we don't have that right now. Yeah. I think like, that's something that, you know, if added in a way that's not going to cost you a ton of extra time or money can be pretty smart. Um, I never had a nutritionist, like a, a sort of like a nutritionist on staff. We had people with like their nutrition certification and we didn't give out meal plans per se, but we would set up like nutrition programs that would basically teach them how to fill their plate, teach them yeah. how to follow a macro plan or whatever it might be. Um, And then like coupled that with like accountability support. So for a lot of people, a really difficult part of their health and fitness journey is just holding themselves accountable. And so we coupled that with an accountability program. So you get your gym membership or your PT membership plus nutrition plus accountability. And the accountability would look like having like check-ins with your coach via an app via in person. Um, and there's like a schedule of cadence that we followed. Um, and that helped, you know, us increase revenue because we could charge a little bit more if we were including more, but also made our members 
really happy, help them see the results. They stuck around longer. Yes. And when they're sticking around longer, they're spending more money with us. And it's just kind of a full blown, uh, you know, cycle of, of growth there. Um, but definitely, you know, uh, the idea of increasing revenue looks a little bit different for everyone, but there's tons of opportunity out there to, to increase your revenue. Do you guys currently carry um, like supplements or, or any sort of like apparel or anything like that in the gym? Not at this time. No. Is it something that you've done in the past? Yeah, we had, we had shirts and long sleeves and tanks. Um, it really was, I mean, people bought them, but it wasn't huge. Yeah. It didn't make much. It's just, it's just fun. It's advertising. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the tough thing about apparel too, is like people, I feel like people like, you know, you'll notice that like on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we get a lot of sales from those because people just got paid. And like, once people get paid, they just feel like spending money. So, (laughs) you know, they'll just buy a shirt then, but it's not like, you know, a guaranteed, we don't know how much we're going to make. Right. And honestly, the cost to make them is. Yeah. It was was a lot. Yeah, definitely. So kind of to move on here and, you know, we've talked about your challenge, but I am such a visionary. I like to talk about like the dreams, the goals. So if I could hand you a magic wand, Christian, all your dreams, all your goals for the business came true. You reached them all. What would that picture look like for you? Hmm. Well, I would probably move again and have a larger facility not that I don't love this place. It is, it is beautiful and very private and, and um, accommodating, but only to raise more revenue and have big classes like we did in 2019. <laughs> yeah. How big were the classes back then? Well, I mean, I'm not saying they were super duper large, but you know how it was before the, mm-hmm. the C word and um, people got afraid to to go into group classes and we kind of lost that. So I would love to get those people back in. You yeah. Know, make it fun again. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think that that's huge. And post pandemic, like something that 85% of gym owners are struggling with, they're just getting people back in post pandemic. Yeah. Our approach has to be a little bit different, but people, fitness is something that's never going to disappear. People always are going to need it. Um, so I'm very excited for you to be able to continue to grow and expand this. You definitely sound very passionate about what it is that you do. Uh, if you had to share, you know, a word of advice with somebody who is fairly new to the health and fitness industry, um, maybe they just opened up their own gym or just took, took over a gym like you, what would you share, share with them? Um, I would say never give up and, if you have, if you want to do it, just try it because just try it. You just try something else. Yeah. Always, yeah. Always engage with your clients, mm-hmm. um, send them a text later, see how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Just keep it going. Yeah. Just, just don't talk to them for that half hour or an hour and see you next week. Yeah. Send yeah. them an email, you know, yeah, no, for sure. That's huge. Um, just, just try it. Just do it. Like Nike says, uh, I just do it. I think about it later. I'll figure <laughs> it out. Yeah. Yeah. We figure everything out. And if we can't figure it out, there's probably somebody out there that can help us. Um, and so I love that mindset and that approach. And thank you for sharing that, Kristen. That's huge. Um, where can we go online if we're interested in finding out more about what you do? Like what's the website, the Instagram or the Facebook, where can we find you? Um, we're at Renaissance Fitness and Cycle.com and we're on Renaissance Fitness and Cycle on Instagram. And I also put together a YouTube page which did all my cycling classes during COVID (laughs) since we couldn't get together. So that's Renaissance Fitness and Cycle as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, excited to check it out myself. And Kristen, thank you for being here today, for sharing your insight on the fitness industry, your story. Um, we really appreciate it. And listeners, thanks for tuning in, guys. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. 
We will get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Mr. Dominic Novak of Peak 360 Greenwich, coming to you from Greenwich, Connecticut. Dominic, what is going on, sir? How are you today? Oh, thank you for having me, Joe. It's a pleasure. Uh, I think you're doing a great thing here, and I, I'm glad and, and privileged and uh, you know, very grateful to, to have this opportunity to be able to express what I've done throughout the years and um, be able to help somebody that might be looking for guidance and support and help. Yeah, I'm excited to pick your brain here. And and there's, there's I'm sure there are plenty of experiences and, and lessons learned. And hopefully you know a little bit more about being a gym owner today than when you first started. But for context here, Dominic, yep. Paint us, paint us a picture. Tell us a little bit about, first and foremost, tell us what Peak 360 is and give us the, the shortened version of how we got here over the years. Okay, sure. Uh, so l- let me start. I, I've been doing uh, personal training since 1987. So I was physically going to take one year off from uh, school and then go to graduate school, do training for one year, go to graduate school. Um, I delved into it, got very busy, enjoyed it. That one year never came, and I just started training and growing the business from that point on. Um, so, '92, uh, I opened up Peak Physique, um, which is a customized personal training center. We were a huge place, about 10,000 square feet, um, one-on-one training, many different uh, modalities with that. Um, Fast forward 2016, rebranded, um, more beautiful surrounding to our place, um, very organic looking. Um, we kept to our roots, which is customized personal training. It's what we do best. We deliver a great product um, to help the person looking to get in the best shape of their life, um, looking to get to the next level. Um, to We help runners keep running. We help... Um, people as they age, be able to do things they never thought possible. Um, and so we are just excited to continue to do what we do best. And that's helping the, the Greenwich, Fairfield, Westchester County uh, clientele. Yeah. And so, like we said, plenty of, of lessons along the way to pull yeah. from, but from a, a high level here, Dominic, and, and I'm sure that it's tough to narrow it down to, to one or two things, but what's been your favorite part about running a business like this? And what's been the hardest part about running a business like this? I would say favorite part is that every day I get up with the same level of passion that I've had since day one. You know, it's something that you own, uh, I physically own it with my wife. So we, we run it together um, and we're able to kind of um, be in a position where we can, uh, you know, adjust our schedule accordingly, um, see some great clients, um, you know, and, and, and be able to motivate uh, a clientele that's wonderful and a staff that's great. I think the challenges is, is as any business, when you're in the um, service business is, is recruiting, um, finding the right people, um, you know, to support your cause, your 
method, your motto, what you're looking to do with clients. So it's it's interesting to you know to be able to to do that and find the right person uh, and team to to grow with you. Luckily, you know I've made enough mistakes that along the way I've been able to find the right people um, and keep them in place. And then you know as we continue to grow uh, post COVID, as, as we're growing nice and strong, um, add additional staff members to that team. Yeah, I think. Staffing is uh, a line of challenge that's been historic in our industry. Everybody listening to this podcast that owns a gym or a studio like this knows exactly what you're talking about. So I don't think you're alone in that boat. It can be a hurdle to find people who care about your business as much as you do or close to as much as you do. Yes. At least. Well, every, everybody sort of, you know, everybody wants to be an owner until they're an owner. Right. And then there are, you know, some people are not cut out to be owners and, and you know, so they're in a position where they're owning and, and you know, it, it's it's all new and it's it's difficult, um, you know, so it, it's it's finding the right support member support team is, is critical in, in the process of growing your business. Yeah. Now, I want to I want to somewhat work backwards here, Dominic, because the timeline of this is interesting for how, for how long you've been running this business what's the goal in the future where do you see this long term um you know good question uh you know we we continue uh post covid's have opened up into um somewhat of a normal uh relationship now where people are coming in um you know once covid hit i was all virtual I was doing 40 to 50 hours. Um, so now it's sort of like a, there's a trend towards people coming back in. Now, Greenwich lost a number of, of people to Florida, um, California, sure. you know, so able to keep those clientele um, virtually, which is great. So it expanded that. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's pretty much more of the same um, growing the next three to five years in our business so that, you know, we're continuing um, growing with more clientele, um, additional staff members, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's about as far as my crystal ball looks right now. It's just really moving forward and, and, and growing it to a place where we feel we, 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 we're going to be at, which yeah. is growth. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun conversation because entrepreneurship lets you take that question wherever you like, right? You yeah. could, I mean, your business is your own and, and you get to make the rules. Growing the team and, and pouring into them, does that make, or does that look like you taking a little bit of a step back at any point to sort of be the, the overseer of all of this and delegating? Um, you know, I, I, I've been doing that. So, um, you know, it, it, at the end, um, you know, our business grows a lot by word of mouth. So, you know, if I have a client that, you know, is really happy with the training and they want to bring in somebody that is close to them, a, a spouse, a family member, a friend, a, a colleague, you know, I, I don't want to disappoint. So I do, you know, take on that position and, 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 and grow it from uh, that standpoint where I'm in the trenches um, and, you know, my staff is incredible, so I have the utmost confidence in them, um, you know, so we, we take it and we, we move it forward. You know, we, we are all about how we can change somebody's body and how we can get them doing things they want to do sure. and continue to grow. Let's explore the, the, the client journey of that, because you mentioned a lot of this functions through word of mouth. Yeah. And it makes sense, right? This is one-on-one -on -one personal training. People that have the resources to afford personal training typically know other people that have the resources to afford personal training. Throughout your time, um, have you guys done any kind of advertising or, or invested any kind of money in growing this? Um, you know, it's been, it's been really grassroots. So doing the word of mouth has been really our, our, our mainstay. In the past, we did magazine ads, um, you know, and, and, you know, we do, we're, we're active on social media, um, 
and that helps. But you know, I, I do believe, um, you know, having that word of mouth and that trust, trusted sense of, you know, that we've been around for so many years. You know, it's not like we weathered, you know, a few storms. We weathered many storms. And being yeah. a business, this, you know, 1992, you know, people just have a sense of knowing that, you know, we are, we are the place. We are um, grounded in fundamentals. If a client comes to us, we're not going to give them an hour of burpees. You know, we're, we're going to spend the time making sure that they're doing exercises um, correctly. You know, we have a crawl, walk, jog, run philosophy. So we really um, delve into the body and the alignment and the posture and uh, activating muscles and making sure that things are done correctly. Um, and so we, we really pay a great deal of attention and focus on each person. And when you talk about the way personal training used to be, you know, that's us. You know, we don't have the workout of the day where everybody does. Everything's customized and unique to the person. And that, to me, um, is where we are at our strongest. And that's where we will continue, you know, to be able to uh, move forward, um, continuing to get new people coming in the door. Yeah. And, and Dom, I'm sure that there's some layer of this where I, I talk to gym owners all over the country and they've been around for 10, 20, 30 plus years and continuously have people say, oh, I didn't even know you were here or, oh, I never even knew that this was a thing. Do you think that, that there's any room or, or any value in you doing some form of marketing beyond just the word of mouth trustworthiness? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I you know, I, I do believe, uh, you know, there's, there's options out there. It's just exploring which ones make the most uh, sense sure. that represent um, our cause, you know? Yeah, that's um, important. Yeah. It, it's, that's important. Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I'm open to all considerations and, but, you know, we, we are picky as we should, because we want our you know, our representation to be one in which that shows us in the, you know, the light in which we want to be shown. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really, really important piece of this. And it, it transitions us well to the, the next thing that I want to talk about. And it's the sales process for you guys. It's just as much a good thing to, to work through if, are we a good fit for them, but just as much so, are they a good fit for us? And so tell me a little bit about your sales process. When someone reaches out and they're interested in training, what happens for them to eventually sign up as a client? Sure. So there, I sort of put it in two categories. There's the person that says, you know, I've seen, um, I know about you guys um, and I want to, I want to do a one-on-one boot camp or I want to sign up for three days a week and, that's pretty easy and pretty simple. We get those, you know, quite often. And then there's the ones that might be inquiring that, you know, want to just understand a little bit better about what we can do to help them. Uh, so I'll take careful time uh, to set up with them and, and I'll do a very um, uh, organic sit down, um, understand what a person's lifestyle is, where they're you know, what, what's going on in their stress level? What do they do for a living? What are they, you know, wh what's their fitness history? Um, are there any limitations? Are there any injuries that we want? So it's sort of like getting um, the wants, right? The wants of the person. And then what I do is um, look at a, a body from the needs, right? There's the wants of the individual and then the needs of the person. They sometimes they match up, sometimes they don't, and you sort of have to be careful. I tell my staff, we're always walking a fine line when you're working with people. One side of it is, you know, what the person is looking for. The other one is what they really need to be focused on. So we kind yeah. of back that out. But yeah. I do a um, good analysis of where they're off on their body. I kind of do a head-to-toe approach from alignment standpoint of, them standing, of them walking, uh, of them performing some exercises. So it gives me the full picture of what we really need to focus and concentrate on that, uh, on with them. And then from there, 
it's just making a recommendation as to what we feel, um, what I feel would help them uh, in coming to us and what we could do. And sometimes it's a snapshot, you know, it's, it's taking a, a photo of them and then showing them, um, you know, how we could make a difference in their uh, physical appearance, um, you know, it, through training uh, make a difference. And then from there, it's, it's also, you know, what type of specifics in their lifestyle are they looking? Are they a runner? Are they a tennis player? Are they golf? What can we do to enhance that game? Um, so we try to really take into account the full picture. Um, you know, it's not just about one thing. It's about everything that, that's going on with them. You know, and we try to really yep. focus. Do most of these consultations go through you, Dom, or are they done on an individual, like the trainers are taking care of some of these? So, every, everything goes through me so that um, they get a full understanding. Um, the client gets a full understanding of what they're walking into. And then from there, I will give the information to my staff so they're fully equipped and they know what to do with the person. Yeah, it's... It's, it's a double-edged sword, I think, when owners like yourself find themselves doing most of these sales consults because usually they have more experience. They're a better salesperson than other people on the staff, but that also relies on you need to be there mm -hmm. for somebody to be able to sign up. So devil's advocate here, do you think that that you'll train someone else or, or bring someone in to delegate some of that at, at any point? Um, you know, it's, it's, we've, we've got one location. It's not like we've got multiple locations. Um, you know, we have one location because we, we really focus on doing it right. Um, it's something that I do really well. Uh, and, you know, sure, there, there are other ways that I could bring somebody else in the mix, but, you know, I don't, I don't mess with the formula that works because, okay. you know, yeah. The person sees the difference and they, they understand what they're getting into and yep. how we help, you know, that's that. If it that, ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Well, it's so critical to a person coming away with the hows and the whys. Um, and that's important for them to understand, you know, so they can make a, a decision, you know, in a personal training business like this, um, I always like to ask because there's there's people on both sides of the fence. What are what are the prospects signing up for? Is this package based? Is this monthly based? How what is the the actual product? We have various uh, different um, package plans that a person can sign up for. Um, you know, it can vary anywhere from eight sessions to 144. Um, and it also ventures into, um, you know, what, are the, what is a person looking for? Um, because beyond the training, we also offer um, stretch and massage. We also offer um, uh, Pilates and yoga. So we, we try to make it so that we're really helping each person that comes in with what they're looking for. Um, and I would say, you know, majority of people are coming to us because they know uh, they need, you know, they need the training, they need the one-on-one. -on -one. For me, it's just, you know, really understanding through the intake what it is that they're missing and how we can help that piece. So package-based. Got it. Okay. And so it, it, it teased me up for my next question here, Don, because personal training forever has, has fought the fight of retention, right? Mm -hmm. Every new client we sign up is a big deal because it's a typically a, a higher ticket service. So financially, it's a big bump, but every client that we lose is a big hit. What do you guys focus on to make sure that we're keeping these clients as long as possible? Great question, great question. Um, going back to what I started saying before, there's a, I tell my staff, there's a really a fine line in that line that you're working with a person, there is the side of um, being an empathetic trainer, being someone who with a listening ear, a concerned ear, um, a non-judgmental ear, somebody that's there to kind of 
help a person de-stress. If it, you know, it's building a relationship, right? When you when you are in school learning about training, they're giving you the science of training, right? They're giving you the X and the O's. When you get into the real world, they don't mention anything about a human being with feelings and emotions and is oh. and all that. So that's taken into a into account when you're dealing with one-on-one, right? So we're dealing with that side of, of, of allowing a person to de-stress to being an empathetic person. And then the flip side of things is the person uh, is, is our staff has to deliver a product that the person's going to walk out feeling a difference in their, their physique, in their, in their strength, in their, um, whatever they're doing outside that would uh, justify them coming in. So the line is here. It's the empathy and the, and the trust building. And then it's the value behind the training that you're giving them that they're walking away saying, I've got the results. I love this place. Yep. And, if they, and that, that's a delicate battle and line that if we're weighing too far one way, you know, if we, if we don't, if we, turn our backs on one of those sides we're going to lose we're going to lose a client so the delicate balance and it could be 60 40 70 30 but there is a balance of course of understanding the the person and their needs and and being able to you know deliver a product so the trust and the value behind the training and the um you know the the, the you know being someone there that they can feel comfortable coming to um is really critical yeah and that and, helps attention you know I would, yeah i would that. agree and so let's let's revisit the the future of this or the goal of this you mentioned and, and it sounds like growth is in the cards in in some capacity have you entertained multiple locations or what what does with some tactic or with some specificity where do we want this to be in the next handful of years, two or three years? Sure, I, I'm, I'm open uh, to the process of where we are right now. Uh, I'm grateful in this you know, time that we're in a recession, right? Or, or by, by accounts where sure. somewhere exception yeah. or recession or not. Yep. Uh, so I'm very grateful that each person is still coming to us. Um, so when we look at, you know, for us, it's about, can we continue to grow within our, our means right now, um, given what's happening in the world? Uh, and then from that, you know, we're, we're slowly moving forward, uh, to, uh, address whether or not, you know, five years from now, am I going to live somewhere else? And am I going to have somebody running this place? So those were kind of, we're in the process of really trying to feel out and see what's going on. Yeah. A, there was a huge influx of, of people that came to Greenwich um, from New York City when we abandoned police and, and defunding police and, right. and security was an issue um, in New York City. But And then there was a huge amount of people that left Greenwich to go to Florida. So we're kind of weighing you know, both ends of things. Where do we go? So to, the, the long, the, the short answer of what you're asking me is, um, I'm I'm really curious as to where we are in the world over the course yep. of the next year, what's happening with it. Um, I don't want to bite off more than we can chew and, and be in a position. So I'm sort of seeing where we are with this, you know, and where we're going with this. We have a president that's 80 years old, you know, and then, you know. All valid points here, Dom. I mean, there, there, there are factors, right? So yeah. There's many, many layers, at least. Yes. It's, uh, it's perfectly viable to, to not have that fully hashed out. I think the last couple of years in the fitness industry have shown that even the best laid plans can go awry. And yeah. so I think if I'm understanding properly, we're a little bit more focused on the short term and we'll cross that long-term bridge when we get there. Is that right? I, I would say strategic, right? I mean, yeah. the, 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 yeah. the clear cut picture 
is we are here now grateful that clients are coming to us getting people back from periods where they've been so scared of covid yeah uh, they're coming out and now they're starting to come in and and so you know we want to honor that respect that and and you know where we go with that over the course of next year we'll kind of paint a picture of where the world is over the course of next year you know allow us to paint the, the strides for the next you know for the future yep perfect place for us to start to wrap our conversation up here mr dominic but in the short time that we have left why don't you tell people where they can learn a little bit more about peak 360 is there a website is there social media where should people go yeah so peak 360 uh, greenwich is um is our website um you know uh p360 is our instagram uh dominic novak official is is my personal instagram um you know facebook is p360 greenwich um you know we we it kind of showcases a lot of what we do with people and um it it'll give the reader the insider um looking to find out about us more information about us um you know anybody wants to contact me uh directly my cell you know it's 203-240-3964 um i help as many people looking to figure out where they need to go with the with fitness um i've had people that have wanted to change industries into fitness i've had people that wanted to join us so there's all kinds of things i you know i'm grateful for the position I'm in, I'm anything I can do to give back to help people. It's sort of, you know, I feel um, the, the industry's been so good to me, and I, you know, I have a, I have a position to, you know, give back. It is appreciated. This has been a bunch of fun, Dom. I, I always enjoy exploring in the ins and outs of businesses like this, and and seeing what lessons are there to be learned. I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like you guys still have a little bit of fire in you and we may not just be done oh, yeah. yet, but uh, we'll have to, we'll have to revisit that down the yeah. road for today. I thank you. I can't, I'm, I'm I, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see what this holds and, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much, uh, Joe. It's a pleasure. And uh, you know, thank you for, for thinking of me and, and um, I look forward to uh, um, helping Hope this message can help somebody and uh, for us to contact with each other going forward. Certainly. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.